0: In 2021, free agency, you signed with Atlanta. What led to your move from Chicago to Atlanta? How did that go down? Well, it's kind of
1: sad. I didn't really want to leave. I was happy in Chicago. I love Chicago. It's just, it's a business. At the end of the day, the best answer I can give is that it is a business. They were trying to get Candace in there. It would have been super amazing to play with Candace. Like I was actually looking forward to that. But, you know, there's but so much money they can put on the table. But it was also a tough decision. I didn't want to make that decision. And it ended up biting me right on in the butt because they won the championship the next year.
0: <laughs> Damn, I did not realize that time.
1: Did you hear that? <laughs> That's so
0: tough, CV.
1: Oh, no. Uh, and okay. Haley, you know, like... You are one. We've had this conversation. You, are you know, like... But I mean, I wasn't going to be able to play anyway because I, I ended up being pregnant. And yeah. I was watching them like play in the championship and they won, and I was like pregnant and like crying, just like, <laughs> I can't
0: believe they just
1: won. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> funny.
0: Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. Today we've got another bucket on the pod, 2023 all-star, eight-year vet, mother to Naomi, and my vet, Atlanta Dream, none other than Cheyenne Parker. Thanks for hopping on the pod.
1: Yes, I'm happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Oh, of course. Well, just jumping into the landscape of what's happening in the league right now, things are kind of heating up as we go into this playoff push. So what teams are you keeping an eye on as we head into the last eight games of the season here?
1: Well, you know, obviously LA, that's our next game. So I'm focused on them right now and um, just taking one game at a time. And it's a lot going on, like you said, throughout the league. So it's, it's easy to get kind of caught up in the hype and everything, but just trying to stay focused on our goals.
0: Yeah, for sure. LA, we beat them twice, dropped one. They've recently moved into the ace spot when they upset the aces last week, which was crazy. But how do you think the focus and intensity of just the league in general has shifted as we've headed into this playoff push? Well, you know, players are getting more comfortable out there. They're
1: getting in better shape mid-season time. It's time for you know other players, younger players to start kind of Coming out of their shell, (laughs) Um, which you're doing wonderfully, but it's a fun time, you know, players just finding their way, getting their rhythm and it's exciting basketball to watch for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it completely is. And you have had a breakout season this year. I mean, averaging 14.7 rebounds. And then last week had a career high of 29 against Chicago. It has been so fun being your teammate and getting to cheer you on this season. But what do you think, you know, has kind of allowed for you to be in the role that you're in the position that you're in this year to just shine like you are?
1: Well, thanks, Haley. But I would credit it to just changing kind of my routine, learning a little Little things, you know, it's funny because after last night, Asia had her 53 on us and it was a very humbling moment for me. And I just I did a lot of self-reflection and like just knowing like, okay, I'm a great player. But what separates me from Asia? And one of the things that I think about is the discipline aspect. And that's something that I'm learning late, but it's just like, you know, that saying better late than never. I'm just thankful that I'm finally starting to figure that part of it out. You know, it's a learning process. You know, there's always going to be like setbacks. There's always going to be moments where I'm getting humbled like that, like last night, but just realizing like how much work it really takes to be a great player, the countless hours of consistency in every way, you know, whether it's what you're watching, what you're eating, what you're, how much you're sleeping and what your routine is. So I think I would have it to just changing my routine for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think discipline is something I've definitely had to learn heading into this season, how things are gonna work mentally, physically, a lot of ups and downs with those types of things. But what are specific changes that you've made in terms of discipline to have that consistency that you've been having this year? On-court stuff, has it been taking care of your body? What have those big changes been for you that have helped you kind of succeed the way that you are this season? Well, the, I would say at
1: the top of the list would be my my diet. I've always loved eating like everything. <laughs> I'm a foodie, you know. I love to eat and so and sweets is like my weakness. So, I had to really like figure out like okay, if you have this amount of unhealthy foods, you're backtracking all the hard work that you just put in the past 2-3 weeks and that's something that I started to kind of take more serious coming into the season. I would say that would be the biggest change, just consistently eating food that fuels me instead of that, like, you know, just weighs you down, fried foods and sugars and things like that. Eating habits has been one of the biggest factors of just my overall performance and endurance throughout the season. Also just like schedules. Like before I had a daughter, it was like, just go with the flow, do whatever, but now that I have a daughter, I have to really be a lot more organized and scheduled with my time. Sometimes I'll overbook myself, which is what happened with us last time. And so just being more organized, writing down like what it is I want to do for the day, for the week, my goals. I was a lot more clear on what I wanted this season. And one of my goals was to be an all star. And so it was exciting to have accomplished one of those goals, but I have more, you know, is to obviously help lead the team to doing some stuff in the playoffs. And so just Continuing to make goals, write down goals, and be a lot more organized. Those are the top two things for sure.
0: Oh wow! Well, I mean, it seems like it's paid off a whole lot. Being All Star this year, having one of your best seasons, and I think you mean I was voting for you. You deserve to be an All Star from the beginning of the year, and I think everybody was and everybody's seen that. But I think you know, headed into the end of the season, a lot of end of the season awards are going to come out with MVP and everything like that. What are your WNBA award predictions for? Let's go MVP. We got Defense Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Player, and Most Improved. Okay. It's a lot. All right. MVP.
1: (laughs) I would definitely have to give Asia her flowers, man. After just scoring the 53 piece, like it's kind of like a hands down. Like She's earned it already. If she continues on for the rest of the season with this type of high intensity, high level basketball, I'm sure she'll win the MVP for sure. And then what's next? MIP? Oh, yeah.
0: Most Improved.
1: Uh, I mean, I could definitely be in the running of that one. Uh, You're good. But there's there's a few. There's a few players that have really just gotten so much better. I think Melissa Smith has come out of her shell a little bit more.
0: She's got a lot more confident and aggressive. I know what a lot of people say is Jordan Canada has had a great season this year. Yeah.
1: Definitely a good runner-up. Definitely Jordan Canada for MIP. Sixth woman. Hmm. Who's been killing it off the bench. I would say for sixth woman I've seen Kalani Brown come in and make a lot of a lot of noise for Dallas I would probably say her just because I've seen her stats and I've seen like she could easily be a starting center somewhere but she's coming off the bench but she's still you know a great impact on the team so I would say maybe Kalani
0: no she's come she's had big minutes for Dallas I mean she's being- had big minutes she has. Like having Big T come out and then you have Kalani come in, it's yeah. where's it's the drop tough. off. It's, yeah. it's, tough. it's tough. Yeah. Backtracking a little bit to your basketball roots, how did things start for you? Who put the ball in your hands? My brother. He
1: is 15 years older. My oldest brother, he's 15 years older. So he was playing ball when I was like a toddler and stuff. And so I have another brother who's 16 months older than me. And he like, obviously was obsessed with my brother. And I was just obsessed with, with him. So it was just like, I wanted to play because they played, you know, and they were playing. So every time they would go play ball, I'd be like, I want to go. Can I come? And I'm like five years old, a kid, like, and they were not letting me go. I'm telling yeah. you, like, it was it was kind of sad. But it also <laughs> was fueling for me because I always, like, wanted to just prove to them that I could, like, hang. So I always worked on my game when, when they would go, I would, like, play ball by myself and then... My brother and I played a lot together on our little home hoop. Him and I, we were pretty competitive (laughs) back then. Yeah, I'm sure. Definitely my brothers.
0: Yeah, I have the same experience. Like my older brother, we could only play one-on-one for so long until I started coming in with scratches and bruises. And my mom's like, nope, strictly horse, strictly like dribbling competitions. Because at that point, like, just the sheer strength and weight that he had over me, it's not even a competition anymore. It's insane. What? Wait, so how many years apart were you guys? We're three years apart. Oh, see, apart. we're only 16 yeah.
1: months. So we were like Mac and Mac. <laughs> I was a little bigger than him, actually. So.
0: Yeah, so three years is a lot. Yeah. yeah, three years. I'm in sixth grade, like, let's hoop. He's like a freshman high school. It's not happening. But I think the older brothers just give you a certain competitive edge. Like once you start playing, you know, AAU and this and that, it definitely gives you a different outlook on the game.
1: It does. It does. I agree.
0: But you were born in Queens and then you guys moved to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So what was it like moving from New York to North Carolina? I feel like that's a big culture shock Yeah. Moving there. Well, I actually
1: moved to Georgia first. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then North Carolina. So it was like a quick stop in Georgia, which didn't work out at all. Uh And then North Carolina was actually a lot better. But the culture shock from New York to Georgia was tough, just different, like completely different. I struggled a little bit with just like my overall focus, my overall discipline. Like that was when it was like I needed it, but I just, you know, I didn't have the structure. So I got in a little bit of trouble and then we ended up leaving. Thankfully, like, I think that saved me us leaving Georgia because I wasn't focused. I wasn't even able to play basketball because I was missing too much school. And then I got to North Carolina and I had my high school coach like telling me like, Hey, you know, you got the size, you know, you're pretty good. You can play college ball. And before then I had never thought about it. I hadn't even thought about it. So it was exciting to just have a different perspective and like have something to work towards. And I was just really excited to just start really like taking basketball serious. And I did summer school. I grinded out to make up for like the missed classes and courses that, that I missed my first two years of high school. And I was able to graduate on
0: time and got a
1: scholarship to play ball.
0: I mean, I think that's so special to have that one high school coach really give you that belief. He believed in yes. you as just like instilling that belief in yourself. So what yes. was that like moving from Georgia to North Carolina? It's now being in this new situation where you have somebody that's somebody that you look up to a mentor. And I know I've had coaches like that where they're not just going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell yeah. you you need to get together. You can do this yeah. and that, but there are things you need to change. Right. So what was that like having somebody in your life who's not related to you, mm-hmm. just like instilling you to do more in yourself?
1: Well, for one, it's super important. It's like a part of, the journey that should be acknowledged more because Mm -hmm. people are put in your life for a reason. And my high school coach, along with the AAU coach that she introduced me to, they were the most important people during that time in my life. Like they took me to AAU tournaments, you know, things that my mom couldn't like afford to help me do they were there to help me do that. So certain opportunities I wouldn't have had if they weren't there to help me through that, you know? So for one, the mentorship to just even tell me like, yeah, you have the skill, you have the potential to play college ball for free. And then two, just the support to have someone in your corner other than family, having the support for you. And and that's why it's important to me, because like, that's something that I want to do for young people as well. Like, because it was something done for me. So it's like to do that for another young person is like super satisfying.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just had your first camp this year, which Mm -hmm. had such a huge turnout, which was so exciting to see. How special was that for you to be able to do that and get back to
1: the community? It was really amazing. Like that was my first official camp, but I had been like a guest to so many already like I try to go to as many as I can every year given that we're very busy you're a part of this life now <laughs> so busy. you see how the schedule is it's yeah it's not easy like I want to but it's not easy just going to these camps and being able to just pour into them you know because that's really all they want is just like to know someone's there someone cares at that level you know so just to be there like talking to them for a few minutes giving them some some goodies like i always collect all my like i have like so many signing cards old jerseys i bought all my jerseys from chicago just so i can like give them to these kids for you know just as gifts and like little memorabilia signing and stuff like that but it's really amazing to be able to do it it's something that i take pride in. I'm going to continue to do even when I'm done playing. Like it's important to me.
0: Yeah. I think it's so special because like, as I've gotten older, you start to realize how much of an influence you have on the kids because I'm like, okay, when I was younger, I soaked up any piece of information that I got from somebody where I wanted to be. And so like when yeah. I had my own camp last year, it's just like, wow, like they're taking in every piece of information I give them. They're yeah. taking like the way I move, the way mm-hmm. I speak, this and that. They want to have the same hair as me. What nail color are you wearing? Just even a little detail. Yeah. And yeah. I know now that you have Naomi, it's just like understanding how much kids absorb. When did that kind of I know for me it's more recently, but when did that perspective kind of change for you into how much influence you have on that next generation what that camp meant to those kids and how important it is to be who you are with understanding that kids are soaking up everything that you say and everything that you do
1: it was early for me too it was my rookie year I think the first thing I did it was the end of the year I went to see my sister in Virginia and she knew the coach of uh, Norfolk State Mm -hmm. I think it was so I went back and like talk to them. And that was my first time talking to people younger than me, but they weren't that much younger than me, but they were still just super like amazed that I was a pro and just really excited to ask me a bunch of questions. And that was so fulfilling that since that moment, like I made it my business to go to as many schools as I could from then on. And like, I even had like a little CP tour when I was in Chicago, I would go to like schools in the like, you know, less fortunate areas and just like talk to them and bring them cool stuff. And that was something that was really important to me. I'm trying to figure out how I can like carry that over down here in Atlanta. We're working on that, but I think it's an important initiative that that matters.
0: And so I guess taking it back to those high school days, you talked about your coaches having a big influence on you getting to those AAU tournaments and things of the sort, a lot of kids, if you don't play on the right circuit, the right team, you're not getting that same exposure. So do you feel like there was a certain like tournament or certain game that put you on the map where you were like, I can play with these other college recruits. Like I can get recruited this night, start to believe everything that those coaches are telling you. Well, it's
1: so different now when yeah. I played it, AAU, it really, <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't like, oh, you have to be on this team to be in the right tournament. Like I guess I was just on a pretty good team in the triad. I heard it was a great team. I had heard from other parents and like some of the other good players on my on my high school team. And I remember the Battle of the Burrows. That was like the most important one. There's like another one in Illinois that I didn't when I was in high school, I didn't play in that one. I played in the Battle of the Burrows, which was one in Tennessee. But I think it was probably the Battle of the Burrows that got me some exposure just because that was where like all the college coaches were. I remember, I remember distinctly like they was lined up sitting. It intimidating. Yeah, It'd be intimidating.
0: it was a he little. You to walk away during it was, the games. I'm like, yeah, oh gosh.
1: It was, it was a <laughs> little intimidating, but exciting too. Cause it was like, man, like this is a great chance to show my stuff but from my memory I don't even really remember those games you know like it was so long ago I don't even remember if there was an exact time where I was really standing out but I think for me it was a lot of raw talent like I said I had a rocky high school I never played a full year never played mm-hmm. a full year of high school basketball so put that in perspective and then I didn't even know what a drop step was coming into college so yeah. I had to like really like get a lot of tuning up. Once I actually got to college, I ended up going to High Point University first. And it was, it's a small, it's a D1, but it was just very like, not even mid-major, below mid-major, Big South. Like we just, you know, played random teams, like teams you'd be like, oh, okay, what school is that? But it's still, you know, D1, these are D1 schools that you just don't know. Like and then we'll have a couple big teams on our schedule in the beginning of the year to, to just like see like, OK, so this is the level that we're at, you know, and sometimes we would get blown out by like 20, 30 points. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I had to like my junior year, I had to like evaluate and I had to make a tough decision, you know, like, OK, if I want to play pro realistically, what do I need to do? So I had yeah. to leave, you know, I had to go to a different school. And it was it was what I needed. Like it was a school that still was a mid-major, but made it to the NCAA tournament, had at least one player in the WNBA before. So I'm like, OK, maybe I can be the second. And <laughs> here
0: we are. Yeah. So talking about a high point a little bit. I mean, you had an amazing three years there. You averaged 27 points over your three years of high point, which is insane, CP. Like, (laughs) what? And so, you know, you talked about coming in with a lot of raw talent. So what were those three years like for you, understanding if I want to play pro, these are the things I need to do? So did you kind of have like a certain coach that you leaned on that was really honed into your skill development or what were those three years like just out there getting buckets, averaging (laughs) whatever a game?
1: I would say definitely um, just playing, like getting in there. Like I started immediately the coach started me. So I was able to just kind of get thrown in the fire and it started to just develop my game a little bit, just playing. And then different cultures along the way taught me like up and under post drop steps, simple moves that I started to like use naturally from just working on them. And then one thing that I always loved to do was like stay in the gym. So I would go to the gym and like, work on my shot because I really couldn't sh- I couldn't shoot much at all just simple like mid-range it was broke Haley it was broke just, it. I told you about it you remember it is, I was telling you you said you said the growth is insane the growth is real <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I would say like just like experience and like that relentless type of mindset like I'm gonna figure out how to do it until you do it with my yeah, eyes closed, you know what I mean <laughs> so <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Okay. So then after your three years, you made the tough decision. We go to Middle Tennessee. So you talked about just like going somewhere where you had opportunity. You broke like a million records with most blocks in a season. You had a triple dub, single game blocks, average 28 there. So was there any type of growing pains moving into more of a mid major conference into that league? Or, you know, how was that year that you had at Middle Tennessee preparing you for the draft?
1: Well, it was definitely the coaching there. Like, he was intense. Gotcha. Good old Rick Insull. Shout out to Rick. Yeah, he was intense. And, you know, he just like was the type of coach that would literally stop practice, scream at me. I need you to want the ball. Every second of the possession. Want the ball. He's a real country guy. Crazy. Yeah, the accent was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of brought out this other part of me that I didn't know I had, you know, like that toughness side, like he was making some of my teammates cry, bro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like daily, you know? So it was definitely that toughness level that he kind of turned on for me, but it helped me. Like, even though he got on my nerves, (laughs) it was definitely something that helped me grow as a player and as a person too, because I had to really learn like to take what was being said and not how it was being said. I had to.
0: And then it prepared you because you ended up going fifth overall pick in the 2015 draft, which is amazing. Yes. But what was that process like? Did you know you were going to go to Chicago? You know, what was the fit? Talk me through, what was that draft process like for you?
1: It was nerve wracking, actually. I had a rough ending to my career at MT. I got caught up with the drug test, failed the drug test, smoking weed. So that ended up getting me kicked off the team at the, right at the end of the season. And it was like a super like traumatic moment because I had every plan to go play pro, you know, to get drafted, possibly like the goal was to get drafted. And I was like, I just felt like I had ruined that opportunity. It was a really, really sad time. But one thing I didn't do was stop working. Like I stayed prayed up. I stayed in the gym. Like, and I mean, like in there, hey, like
0: I bet I would go in the bet morning. Came Eight. back, yep.
1: ate, went back, like I stayed in there. So I ended up having a, hiring an agent and he connected me with Pokey, who was the coach of Chicago. And she called me yeah. and she was like, hey, I want to fly you out here to meet myself and the, and the owner and, you know, just talk to you because I don't want to judge you off of hearsay. I want to get to know you as a person and see what your mindset is. And I'm to this day, like I love Pokey Chapman for one, just taking that chance on me and for yeah. two, not judging me and knowing mm-hmm. that I was a good kid and I still, you know, wanted to be great. I just had to take some L's and learn some things along the way. But yeah, Pokey and Michael of Chicago took that chance and drafted me. And it was really an amazing, like crazy experience. Like when they said my name, I was at my apartment. I had all my teammates over and it was just like super exciting. Like I just cried. Like, yeah. She
0: me with He's me, blubbering. She me. i mean that's so that's this amazing is so to, to take you know an experience like that at such a turning point in your life and be able to a lot of people would just sit back and wallow and be like my life is over like nothing's come yeah. of it but yeah in the gym and i know you i bet you were meal back to the gym now back to the gym you were up in there sweating and working i was in there <laughs> i bet and so to be able to turn something like that and then go and show who you are and be vulnerable with Pokey and the Chicago staff is really special and just speaks to the character that you have. And so, you know, you get drafted, you move into training camp training camp. I know after ours this year, training camp is a lot. And so what was your, what was your rookie <laughs> training camp experience like?
1: No, it wasn't too bad. It was pretty fun. Deladon was my vet. Okay. Cappy pondexter Tamara young um those were my ogs at that time and it was cool they weren't too hard on the rooks we had it a little worse than y'all y'all don't got it that bad but know. sometimes they would make us like bring them breakfast and stuff like that from starbucks or just, just something silly okay. but it wasn't terrible you know yeah. we got through it <laughs> uh it was me and laney laney was the other rookie okay the one thing that I could say, like, in the moment that sucked, obviously, was that I was riding riding the pine, Haley. <laughs> you know, man, you know. She used to always say, trust the process, CP. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, like, I don't want to hear that, you know. But to this day, like, love Pokey. I should have trusted it more. But it's normal. Like, the one thing, like, as a rookie, if I wish I could go back and tell myself, like, it's going to get better. Stay the course don't beat yourself up. Don't wallow. Like I was wallowing. I was eating like emotional eating, like just stay the course, keep getting
0: better and stay. The course is going to come. I got you. Okay. So not too many rookie responsibilities, riding the bench a little bit. It happens. It happens. Into your rookie season. What was the biggest adjustment for you moving from college? You're averaging 28, you're dominating, and then you get into a place where basically everybody did that in college at this point. And so you're playing against everybody. What was that adjustment period like for you? When was there a moment where you were like, oh snap? Like, welcome to the league? I know for me, you remember we played Connecticut in our preseason game this year? Uh, mm-hmm. DK's hit me with a mean job with right on by. I said, "Oh damn, oh, oh no!" And I remember T pulled up on film. It was just like, "Yeah, Haley, like you do better, but I understand you're learning." And I was like, "I gotcha. We're getting better." But you know, what were those adjustments yes. like for you?
1: Yes, um, my moment was definitely also a preseason, mm-hmm. and it was Connecticut. It's a funny fact, it was Connecticut as well. <laughs> they had a Kelsey Bone was her name. She was uh strong she was strong <laughs> and she hit me with the mm, right in the chest you know, i went flying though. i went flying Haley. I, I went and hit the backboard and everything um it was crazy it was crazy yeah. and that was my moment of realize. okay let me get my weight up like i was real thin coming in i was like you know i was similar to um the one buzzing around now angel reese i had a break. Oh, i'm like, I'm like- <laughs> I was like her body, like I was thin like that. Super, super thin. And I got like D-bow elbow right in the chest. And that was like my moment. Okay, these girls are strong. Like, Mm -hmm. let me get Mm -hmm. (laughs) strong. Definitely that moment. But then throughout the season, a few minutes that I got here and there, I had this amazing help side block on Candace Parker dog. And it was like the gym went wild. We were at home. Yeah, I'm in here. (laughs) that was my moment of like okay like I can play a little bit with y'all like so definitely a good good experience um something
0: that I'll always cherish you know rookie year is always a special year it really is and so I mean your rookie year was experienced ups and downs just as every rookie year has but you talked about the vets that you had and having somebody like Cappy being one of your vets how special was that to have somebody who'd just like a pillar of the league for so long. A bucket, a great playmaker. Yeah. What was that like to be able to have somebody to learn like that? Really cool. Um, one thing that I always like share it
1: because it was the best advice she gave me when I played with her. I asked her, like a few games went by and like, I wasn't really too familiar with Cappy's game until I got in the league and like played with her. And I was just like, Cappy, how you begin getting all these and ones? Like, how? How do you do it? the people want to know. <laughs> and <That was> the- <laughs> like what's the secret? <laughs> and she said, get your core strong. Mm-hmm. It's all core. And I took that with me. Like to this day, core is like super important to me. Not mainly I-, I had a child. So that was a really big process of like getting my core back strong from that. But even before, like I remembered that that was something that stuck with me that she told me. And it's, it's true. Like when your core, like, even when I, like before a game, if I'll do like a few planks, like 30 second planks before the game, I'm I always it. feel stronger. Yeah. And, and it it really, really works. Like, it's like one of those things. I always feel just stronger and more balanced. Like when I do go in, like give me an and one. So thanks cap. Shout out to you.
0: <laughs> Great advice. Love it. <laughs> so after your rookie season, you decide to play overseas. What was that decision like to play overseas and where did you go? Was there any type of like culture shock or language barrier that she would deal with playing overseas? I went to China
1: for my first season and
0: I would not advise that.
1: Not for your first time, like go to Europe first, get the experience and then try China. Um, Just because it is, it's a huge culture shock. Europe isn't as bad. It's still going to be a culture shock, but China is like a huge culture shock. It's 12 hour difference. So right now it's four in the morning. And then for two, the food is really different. You have to really like be careful of what you're eating. Like you have to ask, what kind of meat is this? Because they eat pretty much every there's no meat that they don't eat. You have to like carefully ask, like, hey, what meat is this? Like, Mm -hmm. is this chicken? Is this chicken? And you gotta learn how to say it because no one speaks English either. (laughs) It's very rare. I had a translator and it's only one import per team. So like in Europe, you'll usually have two and all your teammates will speak English. China, only your translator speaks English. The only other person that speaks English. And it's not very good English. It's like broken English. So it's a little traumatic at first. There's just a lot of things that just like, you know, as your first time, it's like rough. But I made it through. It's not a long season. It's only four and a half, five months and I even made, became an all-star in my rookie season and got to be an all-star with Maya Moore and Tina Charles. So that was cool. And, and it was really nice to like be able to talk to them and like just talk to an American yeah. for the first time yeah.
0: in months, you know? Yeah. So yeah, China was different. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great company to have all-stars in your rookie year. A lot of people they go overseas, they have different experiences of how it impacts their play and just their skill level, their confidence, things of the sort. So yeah. coming back after your first year abroad, what do yeah. you think it had on your game?
1: A lot. Over there, I was like averaging 35. And so, Ooh. yeah, I had a green light, green light galore. Haley, I knew yeah. what I wanted over there but it was great for my confidence you know just obviously not playing it'll dim your confidence a little bit and like have you doubt yourself like huh am I good enough to play in this league you know just questioning yourself so being able to go over there and just dominate like that was helpful and going into the next season gave me a lot of confidence just like okay pick up where you left off keep that same confidence yes this is a tougher league but The basketball is the same size, the hoops, the same size, nothing changes between those four lines. So keeping the mindset, keeping the aggressive mentality is like the best part of going over there and being able to kind of translate it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like it really translated well when you came back because that was a breakout year. You know, you had career highs in every single category for yourself. It seemed like something just clicked. Mm -hmm. So was it just the confidence that carried over understanding like what was it? I would say it was
1: um, the confidence for sure carrying over and then also different opportunities throughout the season. Players getting injured. That was the Olympic year. So we had about two or three Olympians that had to leave. We had Erica de Sosa and Clarissa dos Santos both had to play for Brazil both post-player positions. So I ended up starting a game or two, you know, oh, no, and that be you'd there. be surprised. You'd be surprised what that does for a player's confidence and just like to get the feel, get that rhythm. So I would say it was having those opportunities that fell into line and helped me kind of get more minutes and and find my rhythm too.
0: Yeah. And I mean, how would you describe those first five years in Chicago? You kind of saw it all, you know, the the pine for a little bit second year, you're starting, you're doing this and that, you're having this breakout season, but you've always kind of, you know, you were the underdog coming out of college. And so did that mentality stick with you in those opening years of the league coming out like, I'm going to prove myself, I belong to be here, play year in China, freaking all-star. Like, what were those years like for your mentality?
1: Definitely that underdog mentality. I've had that from the beginning. And I think that's something that I'll always have, that just... It, it helps with my competitive edge because I've always been doubted. I've always been considered, uh, MT, like MTSU, who like Cheyenne Parker. No, you're, you're a drug addict. No, you're not gonna, you know, just all types of things have been said, you know what I mean? Seriously. So it's like, I use those things as like fuel, like, all right, right, I'm. you don't think I can make it in this league and I'm going to prove myself and everyone else that I can. So definitely having
0: that, like, competitive edge, that fuel to just push. That's amazing. So in 2021, free agency, you signed with Atlanta. What led to your move from Chicago to Atlanta? How did that go down? Well, it's kind of
1: sad. I didn't really want to leave. I was happy okay. in Chicago.
0: I love Chicago.
1: It's just, you know, it's a business. At the end of the day, the best answer I can get is that it is a business. They were trying to get Candace in there. It would have been super amazing to play with Candace. Like I was actually looking forward to, to that, but you know, there's but so much money they can they can put on the table. And going into my prime years, it was super important for me and for my career to make the decision. But it was also a tough decision. I didn't want to make that decision and it ended up biting me right on in the butt because they won the championship the <laughs> next year. Damn, I did not
0: realize that time. While
1: did I- you hear that? <laughs> That's so tough, CB. Oh no. Uh, and Haley, okay. you know, like we've had this conversation. You are one. You know, like <laughs> you are. and I was pregnant. But I mean, I wasn't gonna be able to play anyway because I was ended up being pregnant and yeah. I was watching them like play in the championship and they won. And I was like pregnant and like crying, just like <laughs> I
0: can't believe they just so funny. I have so many emotions. It's like, oh, like I'm happy about the situation. Could have been me. I was happy
1: for him, but I was also super like sad. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of emotions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. But you mentioned 2021 was another big year for you. You had Naomi. Yes. Yes. So a lot of things changed. So how was it having a baby when you're still pursuing, you know, your WNBA career really in your prime?
1: Well, it was definitely unexpected. (laughs) Definitely not planned. Um, I was super focused on like, like you said, like coming into my prime, like coming to Atlanta, ready to help change the culture, ready to help change this. You know, because you know the Atlanta wasn't doing well at all. They hadn't made the playoffs in a few years, so I was just really excited to come help change that. And getting pregnant was not a part of that plan. (laughs) But you know, that's just me. I always gotta do something tough <laughs> and impossible. <Take> it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it was quite a journey. It was quite a journey. I had to change my mindset. Like obviously now it's like, she comes first and foremost, you know, and ball is still life, but Naomi is life. And then ball is yeah. life. And I'm just, I'm thankful that I can share this with her. Like, I say this all the time, it's super cliche, but she really is someone I never knew I needed because she's the one that kind of like gave me that push to like, okay, you've been playing in the league for eight years now. What are you going to do to take it to that next level as a player? And that was when I really started to like self-reflect on my discipline, my consistency, you know, and the certain habits and and routines that I needed to make and change to see a change. So she kind of gave me that motivation to like, You know, take it all the way, you know, because she's going to see one day she's going to look back and like see like, wow, you did all of this after you had me like I can do this or, you know, just giving her that recognition that women are pretty dope. I mean, facts and pretty
0: dope. you're an amazing mom. I see it firsthand all the time. It amazes me. And now Naomi has 11 aunties and I'm sure many more across the league. But I mean, it's just so powerful to see what you're able to do, be a freaking all-star this year, do all these amazing things. I mean, you're amazing on the court, but off the court, everything that you do in the community, all these different things, while having Naomi, it's amazing. So just quick shout out, superstar, I don't Thank tell you, you enough, but got to basketball a little bit. You talked about coming to Atlanta and changing just kind of the culture of the organization. And so you played a huge role in that. So what do you think has been like the biggest area of growth in the franchise since you've been a part of it?
1: Oh, so many things. I would say just like our overall culture. When I came in, it was super bad. Like, and I mean like draining and not only was it was because I was pregnant and like super drained from that, but like the energy was just very negative, you know, no conglomeracy at all. I know that we've had team meetings and I've shared and expressed like how much I love this team. And it's because I've seen the growth and I've seen like just the level of commitment change. And all the way from top to bottom, like just to see their improvement and um, take the feedback from our meetings. Like at the end of the season, we always have meetings and like, and I'm always honest and give them feedback on things that can be better and Haley you're going to have that meeting too so just always be honest yeah. you know and they're they're not in the meeting so you don't have to feel any pressure you just tell what it is <laughs> just to see things be better it's about growth it's about getting better even for us we have to get better you know like on the court so just seeing the growth the overall growth in like the culture and how it's like holding yourself accountable on certain things like it's better
0: Something that's been talked about a lot recently is just the growth of the league and the possibility of expansion of the WNBA. Some are saying that they're for it. Some are saying not right now. Where do you kind of stand on that front? Oh,
1: wow. People are saying that right now. I wonder why.
0: Yeah. It's just talking about like helping with the foundation of the 12 teams right now with, you know, we don't have charter set or the travel or uh, player salaries right now. And so they're talking about possibly working on those things first and then expanding or some people are like expand now and then those things will come with all the added revenue right I agree with that I
1: agree with the second the latter I think that if we were to get some teams going it would just build more traction more fan base um obviously more ticket sales especially in some of these cities that are basketball cities like they will probably thrive I heard something I don't know if it was a rumor or if it's really true they're considering um, Denver. Mm -hmm. so that would be like really great just because Denver is like Colorado, like who goes to Colorado? You know what I'm saying? And it's such a basketball like city. And then they just, well, the men just won. So it might bring some traction too. If they, if they get a team out there, I think expansion is what we need. There's so many players that could be on a team, but aren't because of lack of spaces. So unfortunate that there's only 144 of us. If that, a lot of times they don't even go with 12 anymore. But I know that it's a process and it comes with, like like you said, we need more revenue in general in order for us to consider adding more teams. So it's a tough thing, but I think it's something that is going to take certain people. I'm really yeah. thankful Dwayne kind of pulled the trigger with Chicago because now one NBA retired player did it. So let's see if some more can follow suit because I think that's really what it's going to take. We need their help.
0: Yeah, I think there's just been, you know, expansion coming on the rise, different things like that. But I think just the growth of WNBA has grown so much because of the coverage that we've seen added, right? There's still a long way to go, but I Mm -hmm. think that we can be grateful for the growth that it's had while still wanting more in terms of, you know, more nationally televised games. People like Ari Chambers, just specific to like women's sports, WNBA growing, social media presence growing about people just talking about the WNBA. So, have you seen that change over the course of your WBA career in terms of coverage? Oh, yeah. Even from like
1: year to year, I remember going in the first few years, no one knew us around the city. Something as simple as that. No one even knew who we were. We would be like, oh, yeah, we play for this guy. They'll be like, who's that? Who's this <laughs> guy? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, you have to explain it. We can't take it personally. But then two, three years later, they're stopping us, like, hey, there's Cheyenne Parker from the Sky, like, and that was something that was really exciting to see, just how they worked really hard to try to get us more exposure, and and just in different ways, you know, like events, different ads. Sometimes things are gonna cost, but it's worth it, and the you know in the end. And I think the more people realize that, the more people invest in us, the more we reap the benefits. We see like the viewership, the more. Times we get on TV, the more views we start to have. And you just see, like, it's like, okay, like it's going in the right direction, though, you know? So that's the good news. It is going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's just like, yeah, like you said, whenever they put our games out, it's like, oh, new record broken, most watched game, this and that. It's just giving the platform, which I think is really cool to see that people want to watch it. They just need to be exposed to it. So I'm headed into our last section here. It's called the Vibe Check, and it's going to be rapid fire answers or as close to rapid fire as you can get. Some of these are kind of thinkers, so nice. I, I believe in UCP. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be really good. <laughs> Starting with hopefully an easy one: Who was best dressed at the draft?
1: Oh, easy. Haley.
0: Thank you. That was like easy answer.
1: You were sharp, sis. You were sharp.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Best dressed in the league.
1: Oh, uh, you know what? I'm giving it to Ryan. Ryan is the best dressed in the okay. league. Yes. She works hard I'm on those outfits. I'm
0: she, do. she do. She do. Okay. What's a drill you never want to see on our practice plan? Gosh, I can go down the <laughs> line. A, <laughs> a 22? <laughs> I'm trying to run a 22. Yeah. I think that might be at the top. A game-winning shot or block?
1: Game-winning shot last year against LA. Funny enough, at home, the game-winning shot, that was pretty good. I like did a little hezy, and Nneka, like stood up, and I went, my uh-huh. hair is <laughs> kind <of> up.
0: <laughs> it's <was> exciting. <laughs> An and one or a three pointer.
1: And one, even though I like okay. three pointers.
0: Toughest place to play in the W.
1: Connecticut for me.
0: Yeah, it would be loud. Yeah. It gets
1: loud, and it's just like I feel like I don't know if it's because we don't get to go outside or what, but I always just feel lethargic there. Yeah, the it's food true. maybe. I don't know what it is, but yeah, Connecticut was, is the hardest place for me.
0: Who's the biggest trash talker in the league? Definitely Diana. <laughs>
1: She's definitely
0: <laughs> the yeah. hardest player to guard.
1: It used to be Sil. I miss Sill, mm-hmm. but now
0: I have to give it to Asia, man. Who's got the best handles in the league? Best handles in the league, I'll have to give to Arike. And then who's the biggest flopper?
1: Ooh, floppers. Get mm-hmm. me started. This is getting aired. All right. Let me be good. Um, <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> um, the biggest
0: flopper. Probably
1: January doesn't put anymore. This year. Who's been flopping?
0: Sophie has been an answer. Cutting Sophie. out. She's the biggest yeah. one this year. It's
1: definitely Sophie. Okay.
0: Yeah. Got Nas. Um, she got Nas twice. <laughs> we watched it on film. <laughs> it was crazy. Okay, what's your biggest basketball ick?
1: My biggest basketball ick? Probably when people complain about a foul and, like, it was clearly a foul. And they're yeah. literally, like, especially like,
0: when you see it on the replay. And it's like, you yeah, just, and it's
1: like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> are you <for> real. here?
0: <laughs> okay, who's your basketball GOAT? I would say Maya. You say Maya. Maya. My is my answer too. Okay, and then last question here is: I hope T watches this. What's your best impersonation of Coach D? <laughs> best impersonation of Coach T. Hmm. She's got a lot of
1: one-liners. There's so many. Get
0: back, CP. Get back, CP. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I always think of sleep nights Lee Yay. Oh hi, Naomi. Hey, Queen. Hi. hi say hi. Hey. hi. Hey. Thanks for joining. Hi! Hey, hey. <laughs> oh my God. This is making my day. <laughs> well, thank you so much, CP and guest star Naomi for being on. It has been such a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Our pleasure as well.
0: Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week for another episode of Sometimes I Hoop. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to Sometimes I Hoop. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Haley.jones, that's no I in and Haley and three S's in Jones, to get all the Sometimes I Hoop content. You can also watch the episodes on the Players' Tribune YouTube page. Thanks again for all your support. ThePlayerStribune.com